This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, what's happening? Good to uh, be with you. Uh, we are recording this on a Monday early afternoon. Uh, shortly after the Nick Casario pre-draft press conference, which doubled as a pre-draft press conference and a I'm not going anywhere press conference for Nick Casario. As we welcome you in, my name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast in the mornings on Sports Radio 610, joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer. He's our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com as well as GallerySports.com. John McClain. John, you were at the press conference with uh, Nick Casario today, and I believe... On this podcast, and I think too on the on my Sunday show that you joined me on on CBS on this yesterday, this past Sunday, you had predicted that that Nick Casario would probably address these rumors before entering the Q and A part of the press conference, and that's exactly what happened. What did you think about Nick shooting down or doing his best to shoot down the rumors that he could be leaving to go somewhere else after the draft? Well, first of all, you and I knew that's what was going to happen. He's not going anywhere. He was never going anywhere it's just something that was put out by somebody and a lot of media members jumped on it even though there are no openings and even though he's got it better here than he's ever had it and uh he loves working with D'Amico and vice versa so he came up he said he was embarrassed to even have to address something like that but he knows that it's gotten a lot of attention so he shot it down and uh end of story you think it's hard Truthfully, there wasn't really a story to begin with. Right. Yeah, John, what do you think? Do you think it's harder for Nick to have to sit in front of the media and address it or actually have to address it with his with his bosses, with the McNairs? Uh, I don't think the McNairs put any stock in it either. Obviously, they talked to him about it. People in the organization had heard the stories, which began at the league meetings in Phoenix and then kind of took on a life of their own. And then when Mike Lombardi, who worked with Nick, for two years in New England, now does a podcast out of Las Vegas, said there was going to be a shuffling sh- shuffling of the front office. And people are like, whoa, that means Casario, when a shuffling means kind of moving around. And so uh, anyway, it's a, it's a non-issue. Yeah, it's funny, John. You know, there, there have been, since Nick got here, and maybe some of this has to do with the fact that Jack Easterby was so involved in Nick getting here, but there have been so many narratives centering around Nick Casario, which there's been almost zero evidence of, you know, in terms of the uh, how he goes about things. I feel like he gets painted with a, a Belichick brush a lot of times. I've heard people say that he's that he's arrogant, and Nick doesn't strike me as arrogant really at all. 
I know there's probably people that listen to the press conference today that just think, I don't believe it. You know, like I just think he's not telling the truth when I don't think there's been proof that really Nick is a dishonest person. I think he's does a lot of things GMs do with double speak and subterfuge and things like that. But that, that to me isn't at your core dishonesty. That's not being a dishonest person. That's just doing your job as a GM. I, I don't know. And, and, and I think the thought that maybe, you know, somehow D'Amico and Nick aren't seeing eye to eye when Nick was the one who hired D'Amico less than three months ago. It's just it's it's always been very strange to me, John, just how many narratives have centered around him. And some of it probably just has to do with they're not a very good football team right now. So you don't get the benefit of the doubt on anything. I don't. Where do you think this all comes from? In Nick's case, I think it's because he's so secretive and always has been. And he doesn't talk to media off the record. You can write or broadcast anything about him and he's not going to respond. And he's not arrogant. I've covered him now. This is third year like you. I've never thought for an instant he was arrogant. Uh, he's not a liar. You know, uh, Gary Kubiak, one of the most honest people I've ever known, would stand up in front of the room and say something that wasn't true, but nobody considered him a liar. So this thing about Casario and New England, it made no sense from the get-go. And uh, so I'm sure he's happy to, put it behind him so, and just let people know he's not going anywhere because a lot of people say, well, why didn't he say anything? Well, that's not what he's going to do. He waited for the opportunity and he jumped on it and uh, shot it down. A couple of questions were asked about it. He answered them and uh, it should that should be, as far as I'm concerned, that's it. Yeah. Um, that's why everybody was there, John. Well, I mean, everybody was there because it's the pre-draft press conference, but I think that's what everybody was waiting on to see what Nick would have to say about that. Was there anything else from the press conference that jumped out at you that, that <laughs> struck a chord? I, I, I know it was Nick building a lot of walls around himself to not give up any information or anything, but was there anything that he said or addressed that, that jumped out at you other than his future with the team? Um, no. Sometimes he asked, answered a lot of questions about the quarterback. I didn't expect an answer when I said, is there possible that you come out of this draft without a quarterback? And I knew what he's going to say. Well, anything's possible. And then he went into, we're going to make the best decisions for the team, and yeah. which is what I expected. But I, since I'm writing about that, I needed to ask him so he would at least give an answer. And, um, the thing he was not going to tell us, you know, there's a lot of talk. He's not going to take uh, a quarterback of the second pick if Bryce Young goes to Carolina. He's going to bypass C.J. Stroud. And if he does do that and the Colts take him and have to pay him twice a year, he could regret it. Well, it won't be for a long time because he won't be around here uh -huh. very long. And uh, I just can't imagine, Sean, they're going to get out of the first round without a quarterback. Now I've been, I've been, I watched a thing with the Manning family on the NF ESPN, mm -hmm. uh, and and it was specifically focused on Bryce Young and Endon Hooker because yeah. they worked at their Manning family passing academy, and then they studied him, and then Archie and Eli and Peyton talked about the quarterbacks. Well, I wanted to see what they said about Hooker because I did a mock draft. Last week, my fifth on gallerysports.com, and I had him taking Will Anderson Jr. and Endon Hooker, and I didn't think it would happen. But now the more people that I hear from talking about how they how much they like Hooker, if the first four are gone and they didn't take one, 
and there's only one. I just can't imagine they go into the season with Davis Mills as a starter and Case Keenum as the backup. I just can't see it. It would be such a buzzkill. And the other thing is, I think this week in my mock draft, I'm going to have them taking Tyree Wilson, the defensive end from Texas Tech, who also could play inside in passing situations. He's got versatility. Um, so um, I, I the best the best thing be is that the Panthers took C.J. Stroud and the Texans took Young. But all indications are that from everybody I've talked to, the Panthers are taking Bryce Young. And, uh, and boy, if you pass up on Stroud and he turns out to be good, it's going to haunt you. Well, John, let me ask you this. Uh, Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network just tweeted this shortly before you and I started recording. That Bryce Young has canceled his remaining pre-draft, excuse me, pre-draft visits per sources. Another sign to back up belief within the league that the 2021 Heisman Trophy winner will be the Panthers' number one pick overall. He, he does mention Young also visited the Texans, who draft second overall. Uh, what do you read into that? Do you think that that means it's signed, sealed, delivered, or that Bryce Young has been given messages by, at the very least, the Texans that he's not going to get past two? From what I understand, his agents have told people that he's going to Carolina. Mm -hmm. And uh, so everybody in it, within the NFL that I know of are, are ready for him to go to the Panthers, even though taking a guy that's 5'10 and an 8th and probably weigh 195 when all is said and done, you got to be scared every time he's on the field. And then there's C.J. Stroud, the best pure passer. People hold it against him that he had great receivers. Well, he was one of the ones that made him great. And in the, the great performance in the Rose Bowl against Utah after his redshirt freshman year, he didn't have Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, and he threw for over 540 yards, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigbo caught over 300 yards. So he's played with some great receivers, but he's had a big thing to do with it. If the Texans pass him up, everybody's going to say it's because he's representing by David Mulligetta, Deshaun yeah. Watson's agent. And that's not going to be the case. We're never going to know for sure because they're not going to say what it is. They'll say whoever they take, they just, you know, we got to do what's best for this football team. And we're taking Tyree Wills, Tyree Wilson or or Will Anderson Jr. second overall because we think they're dynamic pass rusher and can help D'Amico's defense. And and they'll they can say that all they want. And fans are just going to be crushed. John, I um, one of the things that Nick did touch on that I thought was was interesting, and not at all surprising, but he is usually pretty open about this stuff. Is you know what kind of action are you getting on these picks? He's not afraid to say he's open for business with those picks. Um, I think he kind of shied away from using that exact phrasing today, but he did say he's getting phone calls from GMs about the number two overall pick. If what you're saying is true about the news circulating around the league about Bryce from his agent. Uh, from his representation, if what Tom Pelissero is tweeting here should be translated into, he's probably going number one overall. I would imagine that if it's the Texans, if the Texans have a glitch about Stroud, I am pretty confident that there's several teams within striking distance of that number two pick with a trade that would be happy to take C.J. Stroud. Do you think that over the course of the next 10 days, Nick Casario's phone turns into what Ryan Pohl's phone was a couple weeks ago, or I guess about a month ago now, when Carolina made that trade up, 
to get the number one overall pick? I mean, is Nick basically sitting in the new de facto number one overall spot if we know Bryce Young is going to Carolina? Yeah, he he didn't. He's not initiating that, but teams are calling him, especially if they think there's a chance now that he's going to bypass the quarterback. Yeah. And they'll have a choice of the other three or four if you count Hendon Hooker as a first round pick. And I'm wondering, would he trade with Indianapolis? Would he trade with Tennessee? And then have to see that guy play against you twice a season. And if indeed they want Tyree Wilson or Will Anderson Jr., you can't trade down very far because Seattle's fifth. Seattle needs defensive linemen. I have Seattle taking Jalen Carter. A lot of people have Seattle taking Wilson. And in Detroit at number six, taking Carter because they're looking for interior defensive linemen after drafting Aiden Hutchinson last year. I heard one that uh, I I believe is uh, preposterous. Pat Kerwin, I, I was listening to the NFL radio, said the Texans could be trying to trade up from 12 to get the third pick, which was a rumor. But so they could take Will Anderson Jr. and Jalen Carter. That's John, Ian Rappaport said the same thing. I don't know if these guys realize how stupid they sound when they say this. The teams that are going to be lobbying, that, that are going to be trying to get into the mix for the number three overall pick, that, I guess that's with the assumption that they take Stroud with two, and then they try to move up to three to get two of the best three players in the draft. They're going to be If they move up to three, they're going to be paying quarterback prices. To outbid Tennessee and Las Vegas and Indianapolis and teams that are trying to get up to three, those teams are going up there to get quarterbacks, not defensive ends. Like it, it's it, it is one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. I like the, why would you pay that price to go up and get Will Anderson? Why would you pay a quarterback's price to go up and get Will Anderson? It it makes it makes no sense to me. Well, I think what Pat Kerwin was saying at the Texans trade from 12 to three. Yep. So they can have two and three to draft yeah. Anderson and Carter. Right. And I don't see them drafting Carter anyway with all the baggage. Well, drafting Anderson and Carter? Yeah, both the two linemen. Oh, and that okay. one was that was even more preposterous because I don't see them taking Carter because if you take Carter and he has an issue – off the field, or if he's not doesn't put out all the time, which people are pointing out, Rick Spillman, longtime NFL general manager and personnel director in Minnesota, had a thing on the 33rd team.com talking about he doesn't put out all the time. And so this is what we get at this time of year. Yeah. It's certainly great for talk shows and podcasts, much better than when they did not have a number one pick in back-to-back years because of Bill O'Brien's trades. Yeah. But um, the thing is, if the Texans get out of the first round without a quarterback, I'll be shocked. And then it'll it'll put such a damper. And then people go, well, they'll get Drake May at North Carolina, Caleb Williams. <laughs> no, they, they may year. not. There's no guarantee they may not. That may take more to trade up than they could have traded up to get Bryce Young. So yep. you can't be thinking about next year but yeah, the only the only thing i would say about that is i think both those guys are better prospects than bryce young you know that's what everybody says they yeah got better size and everything but there's you might not even be close to having a chance to get those guys and then you would well, have to pay dearly to move up john if they're if if they're i don't care who's playing quarterback for this team 
if they're within striking distance of the number one overall pick again, then you're really just robbing one problem to Peter, robbing Peter to pay Paul. If you're that close to the number one overall pick, there should be questions about whether or not D'Amico Ryans was a good hire. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they go three and 14 next year, then I have a hard time believing three and 14 is going to be something. And that's what you're going to need to be to get the number one overall pick. That that's, then you're asking questions about whether D'Amico Ryans was the right call. And Nick Casario could be fired after three yeah. years running his front front office. But I still I'm still thinking, okay, what could they do? Maybe they trade down with uh Indianapolis. Indianapolis takes Stroud and they're happy with one of the others. I just mm. I just it's they're gonna overthink it. And if they took a great pass rusher like Will Anderson Jr., now he's done it on a regular basis. Tyree Wilson is not. You know, he's a great prospect, they say, but you're betting on him being more dominant than he was at Texas Tech. And that's a huge chance. I mean, if they do do that, it's because that's what D'Amico wants to do and because they're not high on the quarterbacks. But, whew. I'm open now if they don't take one there, that they do take Hendon Hooker at 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing I would say, John, about flip-flopping with Indianapolis, I'm not one to get caught up in don't do this inside the division. Oftentimes I'll predict it won't happen because of that because I think there's front office people that think that way. But I always feel like if you feel like what you're doing is benefiting your team, then go ahead and do it if you think your team gets better from doing it. I, I would. The only scenario I would say is that they flip-flop with Indianapolis is – if they feel the same way about Anthony Richardson that we think they may have felt about Stroud and Young, if they feel the same way about Stroud and Richardson, which is, you know, hey, let's let Indy move up, give us a first round pick to move up from four to two. I mean, it's gonna it'll probably cost a future first to move up to go get the quarterback that you want. Let's pill for one of their firsts, and we're cool with either guy. I, I just don't know that Anthony Richardson is on that level for them as CJ Stroud would be. Or Will Levis, either one of those guys. Yeah, I just I, well, if they end up with Will Levis, I don't care how they end up with Will Levis. I'm not into that. Like I, Anthony Richardson intrigues me. <laughs> CJ Stroud, I think, has a chance to be really good. I Levis, I don't get the Levis thing, but I'm not a scout, so what do I know? Um, so that's where we're at with Casario and the press conference today, John. Before we do some for real or fugazis here, uh, the big news in the NFL today: Jalen Hurts got paid five years, two hundred fifty-five million. 170 something guaranteed. Well, do you, do you have the numbers? Did you know? Did you see the numbers, John? 79. He has a chance to make like 270, and they keep saying he's the highest paid in history. Well, he's not because Deshaun Watson still got 230 million guaranteed, which is 51 million more than Jalen Hurts. And this just shows me that if Lamar Jackson had had an agent, that he would have been happy with 179 million and guaranteed money. You know, another thing we've left out on this, mm-hmm. what if, now I don't think it's happening, but what if they were to take an edge rusher like Will Anderson or or, or Tyree Wilson and a, say, a receiver like Jackson Smith and Jigba, yep. and then they sign Lamar Jackson? I said it on the show today, John, to Brandon Scott. I think I might have even said it on this podcast. If they don't draft a quarterback on day one of the draft, Friday morning, a big topic on the air should be, are the Texans going to go after Lamar Jackson? Absolutely. There's, there's no solution at quarterback without drafting one on night one. Um, I 100% think that that should be a conversation. Now, 
Is it the right thing to do? It'd be sexy as hell. I mean, training camp with Lamar Jackson, yes, a quarterback would. for the Texans, Ooh. would be a whole lot of fun. There's no doubt. And I think he might he might make them the favorite in the division, too, if he's on this team. With that offensive line, he would. Damian Pierce at running back, they'd probably draft another running back somewhere along the way to go with it. Um, you know, that, that, that could be... That could be a whole lot of fun, no doubt about it. And you've got the draft capital to do it too. You got extra first, you know, you got an extra first next year. Um, you know, you're essentially what you're doing at that point is you're, I mean, it's almost like you traded Deshaun Watson for Lamar Jackson in some way. You know what I mean? Like you got if you did get Jackson, you'd think those number ones are gonna the number ones the next two years would be a whole lot lower. You would think so. Yeah, absolutely. As long as you're not doing it before this draft and you're giving up the number two pick in the draft, that after this draft, it makes a whole lot of sense to do it because, as you just said, those first should be significantly further down the line, we would hope, than, than and, you know, and, and with a new coach and a new system. And Lamar Jackson in a Kubiak system is really intriguing to me because uh, of the, you know, the, the bootleg element to things, what his legs might be able to do in that system is really, is really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, that I mean that's absolutely something to bring up as far as the the contracts go with Jalen Hurts, 179 million guaranteed. Boy, John, if you had said even just a year ago that the quarterback, the first quarterback to break the bank from the 2020 draft class would be Jalen Hurts to set the new annual average value. I know the guaranteed number is the real number, but I think the easy to consume number for a lot of people is what's the per year? This is 51 million per year if he were to play out the whole thing. That's higher than anybody else. Um, Jalen Hurts would have brought you back a lot of money on a bet a year ago that he would be the guy that's, you know, sort of breaking that annual average value glass ceiling, right? Yeah, but that could be shattered soon by Burrow and Herbert. Yeah, and at a year in the, during the season when the before the trade deadline in two thousand and twenty one, the Eagles were one of the first teams that called about. Uh, Deshaun Watson and Watson's people said no. He had the no trade clause. He didn't want to play in Philadelphia. So they weren't even sold on Hurts. Now, obviously, they are. This sets a bar for for Burrow and Herbert, whichever one signs next. The one afterward will get more. Some point, Patrick Mahomes' deal is going to have to be done because he's outplayed it yeah. already, that 10-year deal or whatever it was. So it's a good time to be a quarterback in the NFL. I think Kyler Murray is like third in the in the uh, who's average annual value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got the tweet in front of me here that lists them. Hang on one second. Yeah, here it is. Field Yates. I'll count from. I'll, I'll count from. There's three guys tied for seventh, John. So I'll count upward. Tied for seventh at forty million a year. Daniel Jones, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. Sixth, Josh Allen, $43 million a year. Fifth, Patrick Mahomes, $45 million a year. Fourth, Deshaun Watson, $46 million a year. And you're correct. Third, Kyler Murray, 46.1. Second, Aaron Rodgers, 49. And first now, Jalen Hurts, $51 million per year. You know, John, it feels like just a cliched question to go boy you think this is a good deal like for the eagles here this jalen hurts deal because inherently you're a good quarterback theoretically if you're getting paid this much and yet those names i just rattled off i mean there's nine names on that tweet that i just rattled off and i'd be scared as hell about half of them if i were the team paying those guys right now for various reasons whether it's age 
in Rodgers' case, whether it's he's not very good in Kyler Murray's case, whether it's he didn't look really good in Deshaun Watson's case, whether it's he's had one good year in Daniel Jones' case. You know, like there's there's a lot of names. Matthew Stafford is old and banged up. He's making $40 million a year. And these are all guys that have multiple years left on these deals too. These aren't guys who are entering contract years right now. Well, the Texans need to get a franchise quarterback. They have three years of a low salary before yeah. they have to even consider giving them a monster extension. Agreed. Agreed. And that would, that would be one of the knocks I would say probably against Anthony Richardson is everybody sort of concedes that he, he ain't going to be ready till year two. So you almost lose some of that value, right? At the earliest. And then he'd play a lot and yeah. he would probably struggle a lot. Yeah. Still super intriguing, though, John. I got to tell you, I'm happy for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts seems like a great dude. Absolutely. And of course, he's yeah. a Houstonian as well. So we like that. Uh, all right, John, you want to do a few for real or fugazis here? I do. All right, let's do them here. We, John and I do a little segment each Monday called For Real or Fugazi. I have about five or six statements in front of me. I read them as if they are the God's honest truth. If John agrees that they are true, he says, for real. If he thinks I'm crazy, if he thinks they're false, if he thinks I'm lying, even, he says, Fugazi. Fugazi. Italian for counterfeit. All right. Uh, John DeAndre Hopkins was tweeting again this weekend. He tweeted that in the third person, Hopkins is not looking for a raise. And he quoted Nuke himself on that. Um, he also did a podcast with Bryant McFadden where he seemed to indicate that the Chiefs and the Bills would be his first choices to go play next season. For real or Fugazi, DeAndre Hopkins will play for a Super Bowl contender in 2023. For real, because I think those are the teams that would take a receiver at his age making his money. I don't know where it came that he wanted to raise. He makes $19 million. His cap figures are dead money. One of the two is like $35 million. Mm -hmm. But I don't blame him. You know, he never got past the second round here. And and uh, and then Arizona has been a huge disappointment after that quick start in 2021. So I'm thinking he's going to go to a team to be a reliable receiver. And, like, uh, there's several of them out there he should want to play for because if he were to – Minnesota's one of them and Buffalo and Kansas City, and I don't know if they're interested in him, but I would – if I were Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen or even Kirk Cousins, I would love to have DeAndre Hopkins on my on my offense. Are you surprised, John, the other two teams that McFadden asked him about that he kind of poo-pooed a little bit? He did this thing where they, he didn't answer verbally. He did it in body language. It was a bit they were doing, but he didn't seem hepped up about the Patriots. Not surprising considering who their OC is. He also was asked about the Jets, and he kind of treated the Jets the same way as the Patriots. Did that surprise, does that surprise you at all that Hopkins wouldn't want to go play with the Jets considering that Aaron Rodgers seems a done deal there? No, because they already got receivers, and I don't think people believe in the Jets. I mean, Rodgers was at Green Bay last year and they had a losing record. Yeah, and he hadn't been to the Super Bowl since 2010. He's seven and eight in the playoffs since 2010. So I think the media and the fans go gaga over Rodgers, but he's 40 years old. You know, give me Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen if I'm a wide receiver over Aaron Rodgers with in New York. All right, John, for real or Fugazi, Nick Casario <clears throat> effectively put to bed any speculation today about his future with the Houston Texans. For real for or real. Fugazi? For real. For real. It's not even an issue. It's for real. 
All right, we can just jump to the next one then. Uh, John Ferreira Fugazi, Case Keenum will be the week one starter for the Houston Texans when the 2023 season rolls around. Fugazi, I think if they don't have a quarterback they've drafted, it would be Davis Mills going into his third season, coming off hmm. a terrible season in which he led the league in interceptions. And if they did that, they would say, well, that reason he was terrible is because of Pep Hamilton. Okay. I guess the only other thing where Case Keenum could be the week one starter, but they drafted a quarterback is if either A, they drafted a quarterback who they knew wasn't going to be ready yet, like Anthony Richardson, or B, whoever they draft just isn't picking things up as quickly as they thought they would, you know, like C.J. Stroud, which would be, I would say, quite problematic considering that his acumen is thought to be one of his strong points, C.J. Stroud. What if there's some quarterback they like that was they think they can get in the second round, like the kid at Stanford whose stock's gone down or the third round? That guy's not going to be a starter. He's not no. going to give it, provide any hope for the fan base. You know, as fired up as everybody is now, including the McNairs, and I had a long interview with them in Phoenix, and they are so pumped up about where the franchise is. And I'm thinking, boy, there's only one thing that could cause that that to, to deflate all that hope, and that would be to bypass quarterback in the first round. And yet, as you say all the time, John, that's not a reason why Nick Casario is going to draft a quarterback to keep everybody's nope. mood right. He's going to draft nope. a guy who thinks he, who he thinks can make it a better football team. His butt is on the line. Yep, yep, yep. Um, all right, next one. For real or Fugazi? I got three more. Jose Abreu needs to be bumped down in the order right now. For real or Fugazi? For real, he's a singles hitter. He sucks he's, right now, John. He's struggling big time. Drop him down the order. He's had, he's got what five RBIs. Yes, and he's got guys in front of him getting on base. Drop him down, John. He's got the cushiest job in baseball. He bats in between Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. <laughs> like, I, I, I can't, I can't imagine a hitter in the meat of an order that has an easier job in terms of placement where they are and who's ahead and who's behind them than Jose Abreu. And he stinks. He's been a huge disappointment so far. And I don't care how many times he got on base in the first 12 games. Yeah. This, these people with this, this whole 10 game hit, I'm so glad this hitting streak is over the beginning of the year. This 10 game hitting streak. Yeah. Do you want, okay. That tells me that either you are a, you are an Astros Kool-Aid drinker or you're just not watching the games. Because half the half the games in that hitting streak were extended with dinky little grounders up the middle. Like yep. He's he, he was he's Ichiro Abreu. Uh, all right, a couple more. Um, Anthony Richardson is in play for the Texans with the number two overall pick for real or Fugazi. Fugazi. I don't see them going for Anthony Richardson for just the reason you talked about. His rookie season is supposed to be a wash. And I've, I saw somebody say he needs to play. That's how you learn. He hadn't played much. It's scary to me to think a guy who has started one season, and it wasn't all that impressive, would be taken that high up just because he has great size, great arm, great speed, and he's a great guy. The lack of, of tape on him is scary. He's the ultimate boomer bust con prospect. If they don't draft someone at two, is there any chance he's there at 12? And would you take him at 12? Yeah, if you got him at 12, uh, I think that that'd be much better value. But uh, I can't imagine with all this hype about him, he'd still be there. 
All right, last one. The longer this Aaron Rodgers saga goes on, the better a chance that this deal doesn't happen. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi, it's going to happen. Sky, it's all about they, they got to get it done by this draft because the Packers need to show something. They need something to help Jordan Love, and they don't want to wait till next year. They want something both years, and I don't blame them. They're not going to get the number one pick. Is it If it gets up to draft time, it's going to be so much fun to watch. Oh, yeah. That's going to – this this whole draft, John, I mean, between the court – I only wish that there was a little more drama surrounding number one overall right now. It's, I mean, it really – even with the news today that Bryce Young's canceled all his visits, it seems like that's another brick in the wall to – he's going to be going to Carolina. But even if Bryce Young is a lock to Carolina, I mean, the Texans are keeping it saucy at number two right now. I hope it's Stroud. I hope it's a quarterback. But this is fun. You know, the, and the fact that even Bryce Young – while he's cemented himself, it seems like, as a number one overall pick, he's not viewed as nearly the sure thing as some some of these other guys. The first sack of the preseason, John, he, he could get squashed like a grape. Who the hell knows? And if he's not going to be a Texan, I don't wish injury on anybody. But if it happens, it happens. I don't know what to say about that with Bryce Young. But uh, this is going to be fun. You mean the, this draft, along with the Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson sagas going on in tandem with it, is uh, is some pretty fun stuff. I can't imagine if the Texans don't get a quarterback, they'd be willing to give Lamar Jackson the kind of money it takes. I could see him giving up number one picks the next two years. They'd still have another one from the Browns next year, but they can't just totally abandon the biggest need on the team. They're not stupid. They're going to do something. We just don't know what it is. Okay. Well, I hope you're right, John. From your lips to God's ears, John McClain, I hope you're – Hope you're absolutely right about that. John, what do you got going on on all your various platforms? It's a, it, as busy as this is with, with the draft, I would imagine sportsradio610.com and gallerysports.com. It's just as busy for you. I'll have my sixth mock draft on gallerysports.com. I'll have a column about Nick Casario not going anywhere and just the things we've talked about. Uh, on Tuesday, I'll have a column on uh, sportsradio610.com about the draft. John, thank you very much, as always. John, same to you. Appreciate it. As always, we appreciate Figgy Fig for getting this podcast out to each and every one of you. Hey, we do a mailbag later on this week. This is a great week to get in mailbag questions. Uh, mailbag at gmail.com. mailbag at gmail.com. We've got a mailbag this week. We'll have one next week. In between, maybe next Monday, John and I will do a little rapid-fire mock draft back and forth. You do all these mock drafts for gallerysports.com. We may need to do a Utopia mock draft back and forth, John, just to play this thing out next week. So, We'll put that on. We'll, we'll put that on the whiteboard. Put a pin in that. Maybe we'll we'll hit that next week. But we're going to be heavy on the draft leading up to all the festivities. I would imagine a bonus episode along the way after the Texans make their picks in the first round as well. So we'll keep you keep you apprised of everything and give you our opinion on all of it. And just hit that subscribe button, and the podcast will automatically go to whatever mechanism it is you use to listen to your podcast. For the Hall of Famer John McClain, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you. A little later on this week on Wednesday for a mailbag episode, houmailbag at gmail.com. Continue to have a great week, everybody.